0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your home for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, Vikings with an early touchdown. They go up 7-0 on the Patriots. The game is 4 minutes and 20 seconds old. Triple header for American Thanksgiving today. The Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20, and Buffalo knocked off Detroit 28-25. No hockey games. Tonight, the NHL taking the night off. Oilers did not practice today. They will uh, skate tomorrow. They play the Rangers on Saturday. Matinee, 9.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chet. And the puck will drop at 11. Cam Moon and Bob Stauffer will uh, have the call. Don't forget, we got uh, a partnership here between 6.30, Chet, and Air Canada for the Air Canada fan flight. We'll be sending a lister and three friends... To Las Vegas to cheer on the Oilers, you get a round-trip airfare with Air Canada, two nights accommodation, and four tickets to the Oilers game in Vegas on January 14th. So what you do is you go to the contest page on 630chett.com and tell us how you would cheer on the Oilers in Vegas. That's right. Tell us how you would cheer on the Oilers in Vegas. Kellen Kennedy's suggestion from the other night, a giant foam finger. Now you can suggest something perhaps a little crazier than that. You're in Vegas, you can go nuts. But Kellen is sticking with, are you sticking with the foam finger? I need a bigger finger. <laughs> a body-sized finger, a, a full body-sized foam finger. You could just wrap your entire body in a big foam finger. That'd be actually an awesome you Halloween costume, like. You would just look like the number one, I guess. Yeah. Or what if you put, so it's four people. Right? So what if you got a giant foam thing and, and everybody was inside it? One person's the you know, the the, the finger sticking up like the number one and then yeah. the other three people are the fingers that are folded back. Interesting. And you could have a team it'd di- costume. It'd be difficult to move in that
1: because have you ever tried to see a group of four people trying to move as one? <laughs> ever? I, it's
0: I, I, I've no, ever. Kellan, I have never seen a group of four people trying to move as one inside a foam costume finger. I have not seen. No, that. I'm just in So general. it might work. <laughs> I, I just love how you brought that up. Well, have you ever seen that? It's like no, I've never seen. I've never seen four people in a foam costume. Well, at least not a foam finger costume. Anyway. Special effects. hmm That's a good one. All right, so uh, go to the contest page on 630ched.com and uh, tell us how you would cheer on the Oilers in Vegas. It is called the Air Canada Fan Flight. Again, the game is January 14th in Vegas. We got a cool giveaway tomorrow that is uh, related to the Canadian World Cup soccer team here on Inside Sports, but we'll, we'll worry about that tomorrow night. Just give you a little uh, teaser. For that one, okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Is anybody participating, Kellen? Oh yes, in the off topic. Oh, you topic sound excited. I? That's that's good. I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> okay, so the off topic topic is, if, um, if you were John Herdman, or if you were the coach of a, the Canadian men's national soccer team, or some sort of Canadian team, and you had to uh, bring in a famous Canadian to give a motivational speech. Mm-hmm. Who would you bring in? But you can't just pick another person from the world of sports. Right. Well. So, so Chris Hadfield, mm-hmm. Herdman gets Hadfield to come in. Astronaut, unbelievable. Like, just, that, that's incredible. I don't know if anybody's going to top that. So it has to be Canadian, and it can't just be a, a sports person. All right. Well, I'm really curious to see what people, because I, like I said, I wandered around the office earlier today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, a couple of quick ones here as we got our guest waiting on oh, the Oh, good. So, okay, sure. Um, Let's do these quick. So we'll do these quickly. Just give me two. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a ton of uh, pro and con uh, of comments about uh, Justin Trudeau being the guest speaker prior to, so uh, we'll put him on the list as well. And uh, Pamela Anderson from One Unknown <laughs> texter. Oh, okay. And he he or she adds, she could motivate me. So there we go.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad that gentleman is motivated by something. Okay. Uh, oh, this is good. We got Bob leonard on the line, one of Canada's uh, all-time greats when it comes to the sport of soccer, and of course, a uh, very passionate and interested observer when it comes to the the canadian world cup team bob how are you doing wonderful thank you you guys Uh, i'm doing great it's nice to have you on the show again uh pre-game speeches i'll start there is there one that stands out from your career as a as a player or did you ever deliver a memorable one as a coach that you were like i nailed it i got them fired up
2: all of them were (laughs) (laughs)
0: They were all great.
2: (laughs) No, actually, you know what? And you've uh, never, ever have thought of this before, but it was my first uh, game as the coach, uh, and it wasn't in qualifiers. We were playing against Scotland uh, in Toronto. And um, I I actually feel, and I had one of the players come up to me afterwards and say, and I won't say who it is, but um, come up to me and say, you know what, that was fantastic. I just can't wait to get out there and play. So that's, that's a pretty good barometer when one of the players actually said that to you. Maybe the others weren't feeling the same way, but who knows. But I actually, <laughs> felt, I actually felt that it was, and what it was was, you know, what I was feeling about becoming the national team coach. We're going out and playing against Scotland, and, you know, it's, uh, we're playing for our country, blah, 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 all those things. And I felt it was pretty good.
0: Well, it must have been pretty good if you had a player come up, to, come up to yeah. you and and say something. And I got to say, that that is quite the coup that Herdman got Hadfield yesterday. I, cool. I mean, well, talk about I, out of this world, eh?
2: <laughs> I uh, I listened. He was he. Uh, it was on Zoom, but uh, it was actually for the Alzheimer's Society, and he was the guest speaker, and he was absolutely outstanding. I couldn't agree with you more.
0: Okay, and then they went out there and they played Bob, and my yeah. goodness, they they played pretty well. I I, I mean, what? We, we didn't score. We didn't get a point out of it. Um, but, but what allowed Canada to control the ball and control the territory so much in that game yesterday?
2: I think that they respected Belgium, um, but they didn't respect them uh, that much. I think they realized that uh, they could either go out and uh, sit back, soak up pressure, and, and try to catch uh, the number two ranked country in the world Uh, On the counter, and right, I was was sitting there watching it. I'm thinking to myself, after the first five minutes, because right from the opening whistle, we we penned them in, uh, we we created chances, we we created turnovers, and after five minutes, I'm I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, this is gonna at some point the, the the Belgians are gonna settle down and they really didn't settle down until the until the half and then they managed to get the, the 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 one goal at probably the most crucial time just before the half where you could go in and you could say hey keep doing what we're doing there's goals coming and it i think it 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 certainly did not reflect um how the match had gone that far because we were absolutely dominant the Belgians switched it up a little bit at the half, and we weren't we weren't getting through the um, the, uh, the the middle of the park width-wise as much as we were in the first half, and we were it was more uh, not necessarily resorting, but we were we were in positions where we were crossing more balls into the box. And I don't think we had the the same amount of chances in the second half as we did in the first half. But nevertheless, it was a solid, solid 90 minutes, except for a breakdown on the goal. And uh, you'd have to look at that one and say somebody messed up because it's a, a straight ball out of the back that uh, allows one of their attackers to get in behind the two, the, the three defenders that are back there, which uh, wasn't great defending, but it happened and, and that's unfortunate.
0: All right the, the penalty kick. Um, you know even the, the guys that were calling the game said, you know should somebody else have taken it uh, you know I think Herdman said you know Davies grabbed the ball, wanted to take it. From, from your experience, like how, like aren't kick takers decided before the game? Can players make that call in the heat of the moment? Tell me about that decision.
2: Yeah, and when I was coaching, I would, I would ask for a show of hands as to who would want to take the penalty if we get one. And more often than not, there weren't many that went up. And I would ultimately select two or three um, that I felt were confident enough uh, and and could step up and stroke at home, or were goal scorers. And so I'm not, and I don't know the detail of, of John's decision whether it was just left up to any of the 11 out on the pitch, or whether he had narrowed that number down. But I was disappointed with the camera angle on that because I was I was I was watching, but I I couldn't see uh, you know if in fact Davies. Went over, picked up the ball, and said, "It's me. I'm taking it." Um, and and if that's the case, you've got to applaud the uh, the guys conviction and and confidence and unfortunately and he's up against a very good goalkeeper um who guessed right and and uh, and made the save and had we scored that i actually was thinking to myself you know we're going to go on and get another two or three here because they're down and out and we just have to finish them off now and it, and it changed the 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 tone of the whole game
0: well it, it did um okay i'll put you on the spot here though who would have you picked to take the penalty kick?
2: jonathan david
0: okay which i, I that's the one I, I think somebody might have said hoylett maybe i can't remember but john-
2: uh, well, there's another one yeah but i think john i mean if if you're going when i said earlier you're picking a player that is the most confident uh and not necessarily needing to be a goal scorer but goal scorers score goals that's what they do and and i believe that he takes the penalties for Lille is is club side in France and has converted 9 of 11 if I'm not mistaken
0: yeah okay Bob Leonard joining us on inside sports talking about Canada at the uh at the World Cup can you because you went in 86 right Mm -hmm. and uh I mean I was how old was I? I was I think I was 12. So I was thrilled, and I watched as many of the matches as I could that weren't on while I was at school. Um, but I, I think there was the sense that Canada – you'll correct me if I'm wrong. You were on the team. But I think there was the sense Canada was a pretty uh, pronounced underdog. I, I, don't, I don't sense that we should feel that way, though, this year, even though we might be lower ranked than some of the teams. Like you know, you know what I mean? Like We might be an underdog, but I don't know if it's to the same degree as an 86. Is that fair, or how do you look at it?
2: No I think I, I think we're we're we we are considered underdogs but not to the extent that we were considered underdogs in in 86 uh, and, and if you just look at and I thought uh, Martinez the the Belgian coach was was very gracious before and after the game and and his comment was you know they beat the Americans and they beat the the Mexicans and finished top of the group and qualifying so and we know what those teams can do so that they are a good side and i don't think that they anyone i don't think that they stepped out onto the field and got caught by surprise because they took us lightly let's let's give john herdman and let's give the guys on the pitch credit they just made it difficult for belgium and and they they looked like they were reeling uh, throughout that first half and that's the other thing i should say is is we missed. Alfonso misses the penalty. The penalty, and then I thought to myself, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to him? What's going to happen to the team? Because it's a, it was a great opportunity. Well, nothing changed. We just kept going, coming wave after wave. So that was that was encouraging because in adversity, sometimes you know you, you you tend to lose your confidence, but that certainly wasn't the case throughout the the first half and for the most part uh, throughout the match
0: as well. All right, so a huge match coming up against Croatia. Uh, I mean, I guess the easy way that that I look at it is now Belgium can go on and beat Morocco and beat Croatia fine. You know, that makes it – we don't want them to get any points because they each have one and we have zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple keys here against Croatia. Like, I, I feel like everybody's excited. Uh, after how Canada played yesterday, rightfully so. I I know one buddy said to me, well, obviously we're going to beat Croatia now. And I was like, well, (laughs) hold on a minute here. We still haven't scored a goal at the World Cup. Uh, But give me a bit of a a scouting report for the game against Croatia.
2: Well, as opposed to giving you a scouting report, I'll I'll give you uh, firsthand experience. Sure. Yes, we went into the World Cup in 86 as an underdog underdog we had a very similar match france at that time were the reigning european champions and uh, were one of the favorites to win the the world cup in 86 and so it was a similar task that we had we didn't compete as well as um as uh, the canadians did um against belgium we you know we were we were reliant for the most part on our, our defensive capabilities and making sure that we shut the, 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 the French down. So we ended up getting to nine minutes to go and we're 0-0 against the reigning European champions. And then, we, unfortunately, we conceded a goal. We ended up losing 1-0. Well, then we watch Russia play um, Hungary, the other two teams in the group. Russia wins 6-0 against Hungary. We then are playing Hungary, and we're feeling, I can tell you, we played on fear in the first game against France because we were fearful that we'd just get blown out of the water. When we watched this this other game and we we see Hungary get hammered 6-0, all of a sudden I think our attitude changed, and we felt, Okay. Yeah, we can play against these guys, and let's just go out and and uh, and do that. And we didn't necessarily respect them because they just got hammered six nil. Big mistake. We lost two nil. So I think I think the same principles apply, and not necessarily the way we played or the way this this version of the Canadian team played. But what applies is. Do it again, like whatever we did against Belgium, do not lower the bar at all. Forget that result, forget the performance, but apply all the same principles that you applied against Belgium, and you're going to give yourself the best chance of success so if, don't don't feel like, well, you know, we were so good against Belgium, the goals didn 't come, but they 'll come against Croatia. You need to, to generate the same kind of opportunities uh, against Croatia. And ideally, you, uh, you will convert a couple of those chances that you couldn't against Belgium.
0: Bob, one more before I let you go, because I, I love your perspective and, and you know so much about the game. Uh, everybody's played one match now at the World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the big story for you, whether it's a play or a team, a surprise, a, a blowout or whatever?
2: Well I'm very pleasantly surprised with the England uh, team. I thought they were outstanding and Iran is not a pushover and to score six goals uh, against them means that you're you're doing something right. So I, I think for me and you know most World Cups, Eng- England are going to get through the first uh, stage. they're going to get through the group stage and and uh, and have every chance of, of getting. Uh, To the deeper stages in the World Cup. But uh, this group looked like uh, a group that are all on the same page. They're young, they've got pace. So I'm very excited about watching them play. And then the others are the Brazils, the Brazilians. I just thought they were outstanding today. It's never easy when you're playing against teams that, that just sit back in numbers. But they were patient, and they got rewarded for that in, in the second half. And a lot of people are picking them as the favorites to, to win the World Cup. And I think based on on the performance today that uh, there's there's a good chance of that happening.
0: Bob, love talking to you. I'm going to bug you again later in the tournament because I I, I love your perspective. And and you've you've been there on the international stage and, and have great perspective. So thank you so much for doing this. Hope you're doing well, man. Let's talk again soon.
2: Thank you. Pleasure. Look
0: forward to it. As Bob Leonarduzzi checking in, former uh, coach of the Canadian men's national team, played for Canada at that 1986 World Cup in uh, Mexico, and uh, now obviously a very knowledgeable observer with this year's tournament. That uh, 1986 tournament, different format. There were 24 teams instead of 32, so you had uh, the three best fourth-place teams making the elimination round. Argentina won the tournament 3-2 over West Germany in the final. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six. 0063. We'll get to more of your uh, off-topic. Topic replies, Jack Michaels is ahead as well.
1: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton
0: Sports Leader, 630 chat. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Uh, two minutes left in the first quarter, 7-7 Patriots and Vikings. Our off-topic topic is which famous Canadian who is not a sports personality or athlete would you invite in to give a motivational speech to the Canadian national team? John Herdman probably won this already by bringing in Chris Hadfield. Uh, interesting. We had somebody suggest Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. What else do we have, Kellen?
1: Well, we got a new clubhouse leader. That's what we got right now. Oh, uh, really? Multiple texts coming in. They are in. They are literally a dozen, dozen more right now at this point for Michael J. Fox.
0: Well, oh, that'd be cool. That, that would, be would actually really be cool. I cool thought yep. of him this afternoon. I wondered if we'd get any uh, Michael J. Fox. Uh, I agree. And if we could do. If I guess I didn't specify living or dead. I think everybody's assuming living. I think Terry Fox would apply because even though uh-huh. what he did was a feat of athleticism, he wasn't famous because he was in the NHL or a sports commentator. He was someone who was battling cancer and doing something extremely brave. So mm-hmm. I would think he would qualify if we could say somebody living or dead. But we'll stick to, uh, to living people. That's a good suggestion, Michael J. Fox. We'll get to more of those, and I'll tell you about uh, what some of my colleagues said today as well. Jack Michaels, how would he change Thanksgiving?